All right. Hey, what is up, everybody? It is Mr. Jeremy England, one of four music teachers at Ohio Virtual Academy. And we're here at the Ohio Virtual Academy Music Appreciation Podcast. And I am joined uh, by my esteemed, that's what she called me last week, my esteemed co-host, Daphne Check. How are you today, Daphne? Uh, very feeling the pressure now that you called me esteemed. Listen, I had to do a whole 40 minute episode of being esteemed last week. Oh, (laughs) well, the week before was my turn, but luckily we get to share the mic with another esteemed colleague today. I'm so excited about this episode. Yeah, as is, uh, it's not just us anymore, and it's not a music teacher, because we've had Mr. Payne on in the past, one of our other music teachers, but today is a totally new person to you, uh, and it is Ms. Louisa Hemelgarn. How are you today, Louisa? Hi, everybody. I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. We are excited to have you. You're our first like real-life interview, the people that like aren't in our immediate sphere. How does that make you feel? Oh, wow. I will second that that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) We do that a lot. We try and like out psych the other one a lot. (laughs) It's not so bad here in the moment. You know, it's just when you know that in the future it's coming that, uh, you know, we'll have people from everywhere listen to us. I don't know if you know, Louisa, but we have people from like Switzerland that have listened to our podcast in Taiwan and, you know, uh, wow. I don't know how long they listened for, but it shows up on our stats and it's pretty cool. So <laughs> that's amazing. Shout out to, yeah, shout out to our foreign listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so this is episode 40. We are 40 years old. 40 is the new 20, I think, but in podcasts, I think it's the new 10. Uh, we've been doing nice. it for a while. You like that? <laughs> uh, no, I was like, I, I was, I had to like really follow that train with you for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually so, works out perfect because I turned forty in December. So, oh my gosh! Oh, well, happy early birthday! Beautiful. Thank you. It's forty's nothing. Don't even worry about it. No, it's it's, it's so the new twenty. I agree. <laughs> well, then I feel super fab. But I turned tw- uh, forty uh, right as school started in August. So okay, happy I birthday you. to you. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> that kind of makes me feel like a little bit of a, a teenager, but that's all right. I, Jeremy, you are. <laughs> it's that's true. I'm you a, are su- you're, you're, can you drive? Are yeah, you allowed to go to a movie by yourself? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm the elderly age of 33, so uh, oh, <laughs> it's my, uh, my it's my Jesus here, right? That's when Jesus starts his ministry. So I am. Hey, I am there you go. It's an important I like year, that. I think. The Jeremy uh, <laughs> Jesus here. I am here for that. Yeah, uh, me too, I guess. Uh, so this episode is called, uh, well, right now it's called A Regular Musician, in quotes, an interview with Louisa Hemelgarn. So I know we've talked a lot, but the main focus is not on us. It is on you. So I don't want you to feel pressure. I and mean, maybe you feel like you're in the hot seat, but we just want to get to know who you are. So I guess we'll start there. Who are you? <laughs> well... Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Yes. (laughs) Take us back. Take us back. Well, it's so fun to think about my musical history because it's really no different than my real life. Um, When I was younger, I was the only musician in my family except for grandparents. So I did a lot of just playing as a four or five, six-year-old at family get-togethers and just fun things like that. And I first started playing piano lessons or taking piano lessons when I was seven And that's really when it kind of all meshed together. So I grew up very 
rurally in a farm country. And we were just one of those families that you visited with people and you had relationships and there was just so much going on. And I'm so thankful for that. And as music became a bigger part of my life, it really helped me develop those relationships. So I look back and when we were together as family or at church or with community members, there was always music going on. Someone always had a fiddle out or playing the piano or singing. And it was just such a great way to grow up. So that's pretty much my life up until now is just having such close relationships with family and friends and colleagues and just intertwining music all through that. Wow. So you, so this this all started for you super young. It really did. You, what, what age did you say? Seven? I started lessons uh, when I was seven and I continued all the way through college. I actually started as a piano performance major at Ohio University in Athens. And I just decided that I really liked it, but it was just a little too isolated. I needed to be around people. So that's how I switched to education after that. Oh, gotcha. I see. So, okay. You said fiddle. Uh, what part of the state are you from? <laughs> um, I am only about seven miles from the Indiana line. It's right smack in the middle in Mercer County. All right. See, there you go. I knew you said country, but then you said the word fiddle. So I knew you were out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you said that uh, you're in education now. You're you're not our co-teacher directly you know, in music, but you do teach. What do you teach now? So I teach fourth grade reading and writing here at OHVA. Um, Previously, I've taught second grade and preschool in brick and mortar. Interesting. Which grades do you like better? I have to say fourth grade only because I think they get me a little better. (laughs) The humor. (laughs) Yeah, it's just you you make a joke and you hear crickets when they're a little bit younger and they get older and they chuckle a little bit more. So it's really fun to have fourth graders. It's a captive audience, isn't it? <laughs> it is. They, they're waiting to see what you're going to say next. Well, and fourth graders have such a personality. Oh, they, they really do. You know what I they That's when it's all blossoming for them, and so they can kind of go in and out of your personality, too. I, I do like teaching fourth grade because I used to teach at elementary school before OHVA, and I, I always liked fourth grade. They were fun. Oh, yes. And they're they're learning to read for pleasure at that time. So reading is my other passion besides music. And it's just fun to discuss a book or read one together. And they can't wait to tell you what they read the night before. And so I'm in a perfect sweet spot in my career right now. That's so cool. Oh, that's such a great way to put that too. Because you're right, at fourth grade, there's this love of reading starting to blossom for them too. There's so much discovery at that age. Mm-hmm, for sure. You said you started you started college at Ohio University as a piano performance major, right? Or Correct. education major. Okay. So and then you switched to education. Was that music education or the field like the reading field that you're in now, language arts type field, elementary? Um, it was early childhood ed. And I I considered going into music ed because being um <clears throat> a choir director or a band director or in that field is just really fun lifestyle. And I was in band and choir from seventh grade on through high school. And I just immersed myself in that life, being band president, learning several instruments. And I thought I wanted to do that. And then just felt the call to be with the younger kids, specifically reading. um, And just kind of, I just molded myself into that. And it just turned out to be the best decision. 
Do uh, so okay. So you go to piano. How long were you as a piano major before you had switched over? It wasn't very long. Um, I was only in it for a year, and a lot of times when you are a musician, people think that's your life. You don't necessarily have any other interests. That's how they know you. And especially growing up, a lot of my parents' friends, when I would see them, that's the first thing they would ask. Well, what are you playing on the piano now? Or what instrument are you trying to teach yourself? So when I became a music major and just decided quickly, and I think that's a blessing to kind of know right away if something's right or wrong, but I just knew I, I just didn't want to do that. And when I stopped, it was a moment of indecision because my community and my family and friends were just jolted and were wondering, why aren't you doing music as a career? And I had to really ask myself what my priorities were and what I felt led to do because you, you do take on that persona of I'm a musician and that's all I am. And so when I switched over, I just kept trucking along and it just felt right. You, I just knew it was right. And I was able to do all of my musical events at the same time. And it was so nice because I was worried that piano would fall away. You hear so many adults and I have adults now in their seventies asking me for lessons because they just hate that they never learn. And I was so afraid that I was going to lose myself and I was going to lose my abilities. And it was such a nice surprise to know that no matter what you do in life, music always has a place and there's always a niche there to be filled. And and if you work at it, it just becomes effortless after a while. I think that's such a great point. You know, on our podcast and, and in our classes, even we have a lot of discussion about people who their music is their whole life because, you know, we're talking about composers, right? We're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. musicians and stuff who that's like their whole life. And one thing, you know, that is worth mentioning, and you sound like such an advocate for this, is that music can still be a piece of your life, even if you're not making it your full-time career. I mean, clearly, especially given, you know, I'm looking at your bio right now, of course, but I, you clearly are still working in the music field, at least on the side, or at least making it a much bigger portion of your life. You didn't just stop because you didn't have the major anymore. Oh, right. And, and actually, one of my piano teachers in college when she found out that I was switching, <clears throat> excuse me, they were, you know, of course they're wanting you to look at all angles because you're a young adult. Sometimes you need that guidance to see the bigger picture. And they were even talking about things to do after college. And, and when you're married and when you have children, just different ways to look at music. Even then they were explaining all this to me and I didn't have any of those things at the time, but as an adult who was guided that way, I am completely for music being a part of your life no matter what you're doing. And <clears throat> I think in the last probably as long as I've been out of college, there's been so much research come to the forefront of how music helps you in every single profession. And when I was going through school, you heard about it, but not too much. But now music advocacy is really hot. And <clears throat> when you think about uh, sports in general. So a lot of our, especially fourth grade, we hear a lot about sports leaders and athletes. And how many athletes have we heard now talking about an instrument they play or that they're in yoga or dance or theater? And I just think that's awesome because I'm, not a lot of people make the connection until you see in a successful adult 
who has done a career and a family and music at the same time. So I think it's just great. So, which I totally agree with you. Why don't you take a second and tell us what you kind of things you're doing now that are keeping music involved in your life? Sure. Um, Well, I was very aware of what I enjoyed doing in high school so that I was able to continue it later. Um, I think sometimes when you are, when you graduate high school, you think you're leaving things behind. But a couple of things that I do now that I've actually been doing going on 25 years now is I am um, a wedding accompanist. And so what I do is I play for weddings as a piano player, but I also accompany vocalists. And I've been doing that for so long that I have brides who are now referring me to their nieces and nephews, or um, in some cases, their friends' children. And so playing for weddings is just such a joy. The whole experience is just so wonderful. Um, Conversely, it's not a joy by any means, but playing for funerals sounds very macabre a little bit, but just to be (laughs) able to give the comfort through music to a family even if no one knows what you're playing and they don't recognize it, they're not even really aware, but just that calm sense of the melody behind them. Maybe it's a favorite hymn and they're just, it's amazing what it does for your heart rate and for your mood in general, just to calm you. So even playing for funerals, I know it's so sad to think about, but just to offer that comfort through music, I do that a lot as well. Um, I have, I have a couple of things that I did BC, which is before children. <laughs> and I'm I not, love that. Yeah, I'm not sure when they're going to come back, but we have <laughs> um, an organization here in Salina called Grand Lake Symphony, and it's just a collection of musicians who enjoy playing. It is a string orchestra, so I have jumped into that, and then, of course, BC. So now as my children, who are eight years old and four years old, Um, eight-year-old daughter and four-year-old son. Now that they're getting older, I think I'm going to jump back into the symphony. That is such a wonderful experience. We do concerts and um, just different things. And of course, with COVID, it's a little different, but Mm-hmm. I feel that I've, I've Jeremy's heard a lot of this, but I work part-time with the Columbus symphony. Oh, wonderful. So I feel, I feel that whole COVID is changing life thing yes. hard right now. So I, I can appreciate that. And maybe if you wouldn't mind, we do do show notes. Maybe if there does the, does that symphony have a link, a website that we could link in the show notes? Yes. I can get you all that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Sure. Um, so I <clears throat> have been doing a little bit of self teaching and again, it's one of those things where you, you aren't sure if maybe you need to stop and get a teacher, but I'm really interested in stringed instruments. Um, In high school, I learned the basics of most of the brass instruments. I was a trombone player and I um, had a very close relationship to our director. So he would start class with, you know, basic things he had to do. And then sometimes he would let me warm up the band and go through a couple songs while he did administrative things. So I really wanted to keep up with, with the um, high school band instruments. And so one thing I do now is I work with the St. Mary's High School Band, and I accompany them for solo and ensemble as a piano player. And then with their drama club, they alternate with plays and musicals. So I'll do um, the pit orchestra for musicals, and I'm also a rehearsal pianist. 
but just to work with youth as they're playing their instrument and the director's there, of course, you know, guiding them through, but they trust me enough that if the director has to step away during a rehearsal with one of the instruments, I'm able to step in and help with amateur and fingerings and different things like that. So I do that every winter. Um, let's see. I dabbled a little bit into musical theater and again with COVID, we're not sure how that's going to look in the future, but being a rehearsal pianist for the theater is absolutely one of the most fun things I've ever done. And in college, I briefly thought, I wasn't even sure if it was a job, but I briefly thought how fun would it be to be a rehearsal pianist for Broadway in New York? Oh, wow. And I, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, I just think it would be so fantastic. And I'm sure that they use tracks and I'm not even really sure it's a live person, but you, you see the movies and people are in ballet rehearsal and they have a live pianist doing it. And I just very briefly wanted to do that at one point. So, um, my last thing that I just started doing was I am, um, the new worship co-director at my church. So we do all of the music, we match it up with the sermons and the scriptures, and we um, direct all of the rehearsals and, and all that. That's very new. So I'm very excited about that position as well. You are quite the busy bee for the music world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you start but talking it, about it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes to show that there's a couple of things I think I picked out of your stories is, one, uh, you can – have a legitimate job career as a musician without going to get formally trained, because I'm sure if you just did all that stuff without the teaching gig, you'd be able to support yourself, especially if you started teaching private lessons, which if you're taking strings, we always advocate for private lessons. So go get yourself some lessons. Uh, And two, uh, like if you want to get that degree, you really, 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 really have to want it like all the way. And, um, I, I don't know how you feel about this, if this is just kind of was your path, but when you're really good at something at a, at a young age, so like for us, it's all, for all of us, it's music probably, like it only seems natural that the next thing you'd want to do in college is to go like continue that on somehow. And especially if you've never been exposed to other areas of like other disciplines outside of, you know, like what you're really good at, especially looking, uh, would you say, uh, president of your band, like leader of the band sometimes at different parts, uh, accompanied people, like it is just, um, that was your life. So like when you got to college and was it like you realized that, um, like that's just not what you wanted to pursue and you wanted to do something more because you found it was like awesome to do that? Or was it, uh, like, what was that decision like that at that formative age? Sure. Um, well, first of all, it was very hard. Um, I won't pretend that it was a light bulb moment. It was a lot of, <clears throat> just for me personally, a lot of prayer, a lot of guidance, a lot of talking with people who have been there. Um, a lot of my music professors, I had to talk with them several times because I think when you're a young person, you have a couple situations. You might be very naturally gifted, and then you might be someone who needs to work a little harder. But in either situation, you have to decide what the end goal is for your career. So when you get to college as a music major, 
you have several different avenues you could take, which is the great thing about music. You don't have to just be a high school band director or you don't have to do this or that. But when you think about it, it's not really just about you anymore. And I know that there's definitely paths where you are a performance artist and it is about you, but a lot of music can be considered a service to others. And so when you have something you're naturally talented at, and then all of a sudden you're being asked to go the next level and make it even better and even better and even better, that can be very daunting to a lot of young people because if they're not used to practice or they're not used to the discipline um, of getting better, that can feel like you're not supposed to do it. And a lot of times I just always talk to young people in that I know are going to be doing this. And I'll say, don't think that just because it gets hard, that that's a signal you're not supposed to pursue this. Because music especially, you need to have the discipline to practice. And that goes all the way back to, you know, early on when you start, you need to understand that having a gift is one thing, but turning it into a career and a service to others is a completely different thing. And so when I was making that decision, I was asking myself, I have now been, been probably the one of the best musicians in my community for my whole life. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just giving you a context. So I was lax in my practice as a young person. I did work hard, but looking back, it wasn't at a level at all what was required for college. And so when I got there, I initially thought, well, I guess I'm not supposed to do this because I'm now one of 500 students who are really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) And when my teacher just guided me into, you know, you could learn how to do things that are technically difficult and you can learn anything you want to with practice, but what, what is your main goal? Are you going to serve people with your music or would you like to do something else and have music close to your heart and grow into it in another way? And so that's when I learned that I needed to be around children and I needed to be around people that I could work with and, and help and support. And that music would always be special, but I wasn't ready to take the next step technically into what music was requiring of me, because it's going to require a lot from you and and young people need to know that, but it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. They just have to know where they want their career to go. Yeah, I think you pointed out two things. College is a great equalizer. Uh, you can Amen. be you could be the best of the best wherever you're from. Which both of us, I'm sure, all the three of us would probably experience some level of that. Uh, and you just hit the like. And I think it's okay to. Uh, some people look at it as like being washed out, and obviously you felt that a lot with your family asking you like, "Why are you not doing music?" You know, like, and I feel like that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Because that's what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? You're supposed to go be a music person, and uh, but music is not for the faint of heart. Like that, that next level of, uh, I mean, you really, really, really have to want it. And if you if you don't, and you don't put all that you can into it, and live like as a piano player in the practice room, essentially, you know, um, like. That, that's not going to be fun and you're going to be stuck with the degree that you don't really want. And I think it's interesting you said that 
uh, let me see if I can clarify that getting that next level. So like the college degree, for example, is that's serving other people or like what you're doing is serving other people with your music. Um, I think when you decide you want to do music, I consider music a service career because you are entertaining in some way, or you're performing, or you're working with children, helping them grow into their um, musical self. Maybe you're doing, you know, adult piano lessons, or you're owning a music store. In some way, you have to want to share the gift of music with others. And I think if you're not quite there, maybe you're not um, emotionally invested, then that might be a clue as well that you need to reevaluate exactly what you want to do with music. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective that I hadn't uh, definitely have to hear your thoughts on it because I, I kind of see it the other way. I think you could get a good deg- get a degree in music and never like have to share it with anybody, and it becomes about serving you or being the leader of other people that want to create. So, like I think of like I see what you're saying, like high school directors, you're like you're serving children, but what you're doing is you're the leader of a bunch of people that are putting together, like you become the next level coach or whatever. Like, because what you do, what I hear you doing, all the stuff that you do is like, like all service. I mean, you serve solo ensemble, uh, community theaters, uh, your church, like that's all, that's all for the benefit of other people. And, uh, I think the, thing in college is it teaches like the technical side of all of that stuff and then like how to perform essentially because you know you got to give all those stupid recitals and performances and, right you know like go watch right, other there's people. a reason why you might not want to major in it right <laughs> Because it sounds like, I mean, because all that is about like focusing you and cultivating you as like the individual musician, like, but also as a part of a large group. But our, like our best on our best choir, I thought was, uh, our men's chorus and they're, they're pretty famous, the BGSU men's chorus, but half of them were not music majors. I thought the worst chorus we had was the top level one that they were all like performance majors. And it was just I hated listening to them <laughs> because oh, wow. like you could like pick out everybody's voice. Like I could hear all the individuals. Oh, I see what you mean. Wasn't, yeah, so it wasn't about the unit then anymore. Uh, it was a bunch of people coming together to make music, but it wasn't working towards an objective goal of the music itself. And some of that's probably the director and all that, but yeah, I just think it's interesting, the perspective. And I think it's a very good perspective. Either way, you got to want it. (laughs) You know, you got to like, for me, I, uh, I deployed two times during my music degree uh, to the middle East. And I had to come back both times and just kind of pick back up where I left off. And uh, that was difficult, but like, I knew I wanted that. And I was comfortable with that. But if I had like any feelings like you did, there is no way that I would have kept leaving and coming back uh, if I didn't really, really, really like want that specific education. Um, and that's for all you people who are listening out there. <clears throat> it's not like one or the other because I think it sounds like your accomplishments. You're way more. And thank God for accompanists, by the way, too, and piano players Amen. because uh, I'm a choir teacher and I had to take piano for my degree, but I'm not a piano player, <laughs> so. Uh, like it's just different paths. And I think that's cool. It's like the game of life. You pick college, you pick like life, you know, and you just, mm-hmm. in, in the middle of that, you, you picked early childhood and then you got this beautiful gift of music on the side. What do you think, Daphne? I, 
I mean, I'm kind of, I'm in, I got a foot in both camps here. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I, again, this is philosophy and I can see both sides. I, uh, it depends on what day you ask me how <laughs> I'm using my musical talent. Yeah. Um, there are days when I fully view it as a gift and what I bring into the universe. Um, those are the good days. I think on bad days, I'm like, well, fine. I'm just going to lock myself in this practice room and I'm going to practice for me. And I think maybe you got to do a little both. I mean, in terms of just being a musician, like knowing that you're giving that gift to the world or you're using that, putting something positive into the world. I think you take that on as a musician. It's 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 expected because a musician in and of themselves is performing for other people. So it usually is that whole idea of you're giving it to people. But I, you know, I also kind I, I'm fully of the camp, too, that there are some times where I don't want everybody to hear what I'm working on. There's been times where I've worked on pieces that are just for Daphne. Yeah, for sure. You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing it for somebody else. And and it sounds like you two are agreed. Like, I don't I'm not doing it because you know, I've got a crowd of 50 who's going to watch my recital. I'm doing it because Daphne's heart needed this piece. And so that's why I'm doing it and, and why I'm doing it. You know, why I've been locked myself in the practice room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and and I've always been a, a strong believer in practice as therapy, too. If I'm having a bad day, if I can just get out my drum pad, even if I'm not, marimba is usually the instrument of choice. But, you know, if I can get out my drum pad and just beat the snot out of it with rudiments and stuff, fine. That's enough too. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I, you know, I, I think what's really interesting and I have to, I kind of was thinking this as you were talking, Louisa, you're so busy. (laughs) You're so busy. And, you know, and and I don't mean that silly, like we're all busy. No, this, this, this here that you got, oh my goodness. So I have to ask, (laughs) is it labor or is it a labor of love? Well, I was because it's a little of, I'm just curious. I guess I should, I'll wait, but go ahead. Oh no. I was just (laughs) going to steal your words because it's depends on what day you ask me. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And And with the, yeah, with the bride is like, right. Or (laughs) the the wedding party. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking the other day I was my uh, childhood piano from my parents' home. I was able um, and very blessed enough to move that into my home uh, this summer. And so I'm able to just kind of reminisce and think about all the things as well as have this beautiful piano in my home. So I thought I'm going to dig out some of my really difficult high school classical pieces just for me. I, you know, with family and everything, you have not had a chance to do that. And I, I dug them out and it was just amazing how quickly they come back and it's almost like you just ate a beautiful chocolate chip cookie it it was just such a calming wonderful feeling I don't know how to describe it. It, it. No, first of all, can I just say I love that you said chocolate chip cookie because we try it. Food always comes up at some point. Yeah, we don't try. It just does. And you naturally did it. So kudos to you. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. But yeah, it's just such a, it's, it's such a joy. And then the other day I thought, okay, well, I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm going to whip out one of my Rachmaninoff pieces that it's taken me 20 <laughs> years to learn and I'm still <laughs> back where I started. So <laughs> yeah, but Rachmaninoff, that, that's just, that might be its own thing. 
Yeah, that's probably that's, a culmination of oof. life right there. <laughs> yes, that's if you're if you're listening and you're not familiar with uh, the work of Rogban enough, do, just go to YouTube, put it in, see what happens. It'd be hard enough to spell his name. That's how right. you know. Right? That's how you know it's good music. It's, you can't even spell the guy's name. It's already a mess. Exactly, he's a mess from the word go. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh gosh. man, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. And I, and I, another kudos to you for being uh, a wedding and funeral performer. It is a world that I am also a part of, and it is people who know what they're doing that make everything go smooth. So, uh, if you had the choice, it was Saturday, right? And they said, "I want you to play a wedding, or I want you to play a funeral." You can only pick one. They're at the same time. Which one do you go to? Oh my! Well. Probably the answer I should say is weddings, <laughs> but um, again, there's just there's just a sense of calm that music brings to a funeral or or even a viewing, um, and, and it's just yeah, it's just something that I I'm happy to give the family. So I'm with you. I choose a funeral every time as well. I I know I'm on your wavelength, so it's not weird for people who are in I think the world to really understand mm-hmm. that, but. You get to, I mean, you get to be something bigger than yourself in a moment where people are hurting. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing to be. Um, so I agree. What about you, Daphne? What are you picking? Well, I'm a percussionist, so I don't get to play things. Uh, <laughs> There's not many, not too, like too many anyway. uh, funeral marimba pieces. <laughs> not, not so much. Um, I have played weddings before yeah, yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I've been in random little brass groups and done hand drumming and things like that. Um, so I can't, I can't really give you a fair answer just because of my instrument, but I think, I think you both bring such a lovely point up and that is just you, a wedding is generally about two people. A funeral is generally about a congregation. And so, you know what I mean? Like, and one's happy and one's sad and, and just being able to, to kind of uh, help folks through music, I think is very beautiful. Agreed. So, so what, you guys are awesome. Yeah, shoot. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I know that at least. But I didn't say shoot. Louisa, <laughs> I'm glad you're, you're here to hear how awesome I am. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> okay. So one of the questions we had was how do you stay involved in music? And you answered that beautifully and chaotically. So I appreciate that you are, you're nonstop. Do you teach, uh, just real quick, do you teach privately a lot of kids or are you teaching your own kids? Um, I used to, yes, all the way through high school up into my um, early adulthood and then um, stopped when we had a family. And my daughter's eight, so I think she's a great age to start teaching her. So, yep, our that's our goal for this winter. Nice. I nice. just started teaching my daughter ukulele, so, um, nice. so that's going to be fun. And what's your favorite type of music to play and to listen to? Well, um, I was kind of thinking about to play, <clears throat> and I, I have so many different kinds that I like to play, but old traditional hymns that have not been contemporized, um, those are my favorite. And then if I think of a composer, um, a lot of people think of Brahms, and they can only think of lullabies, but he has so many wonderful compositions. So Brahms and Chopin are my favorite composers. Um, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your piano player, I was wondering yeah. if we hear Chopin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not that's not surprising anyone. Um, and to listen to that is such a difficult question. I had to really think about it. But I during quarantine, there were so many musical groups that were offering things on YouTube for free, or they were unlocking 
Um, just uh, for example, Andrew Lloyd Webber was showing um, musicals and it was the shows must go on. So he would, I think it was every Friday or every other Friday, he would, um, you know, show a musical on YouTube and musicals are so much fun to play and so much fun to listen to. So musical um, works and then all of the instrumental music scores from like historical period movies, um, John Williams, Hans Zimmer, those type of big orchestral works that um, are part of the movies. I just absolutely love listening to that. And I'm a 90s kid, so I got to throw in 90s alternative and 90s garage bands. So I still listen to those. You're welcome Both, here. Yeah, you are welcome. <laughs> I just literally when you said that, I threw my hands up into the metal signs. I want to say this though, Louisa, <laughs> I want to I say this though, because I always feel like a really bad music teacher when I hear other people like you talk, because your first answers to that question was like, oh, musicals and like super intricate instrumental parts. And I'm like, no, I'd like to listen to like Sticks, Sticks Foo Fighters. <laughs> Uh, you know, some Tupac. And then I'm like, I guess I could listen to some Brahms every once in a while. So, <laughs> Well, if we're, if we're actually, jamming out, then I would probably pick classic country, um, really yeah. anything except rap and metal. So that's a big group that I listen to. That's a very big there group. Go. There you go. All right. You know what, though? Here's what I'll say. <laughs> Jeremy, You, especially you and I, and maybe to, you too, Louisa, because, you know, you're playing and stuff. We we kind of have to talk about all these composers and eras of music a lot. And yep. so when we're, we clock out for the day, maybe it's okay that we want something that is nostalgic, that is uh, thinner harmonies and stuff that isn't so analytical. I, I don't, I think it's okay that, you know, I, I don't always want to listen to Mozart. No, every, I think that makes you a bad you know. music teacher. Well, you know, I don't think I asked you. I think. Oh, I totally I don't agree think we tucked you. you. I totally agree. <laughs> and I actually, for my 40th birthday party, it's not planned yet, but I'm anticipating it. I have a 90s um, Spotify list. So I was just adding <gasps> Backstreet Boys and Mariah Carey and all the grunge Well, you can bands. link that in the show notes, too. That'd be all right. Uh, yeah. I want to hear what's on your playlist. I definitely want to hear, or at least let us know. For We, we need to know. Uh, please put on some, you got to have some of the foo or whatever, maybe, you know, some of them guys, too. It sounds like you're going to have a good party. I hope so. We just got to plan it now, so maybe I'll plan it yeah. for myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so cool. All right. Well, Louisa, I think I, I'm sure we could just keep talking and grilling you and sharing, uh, you know, how we're awful music teachers and you're a way better stop musician we. than us. Uh, you better stop saying we right now. I'm okay, just I, I, I do want to say the only reason I made it through college is I did not take it as seriously as some of my friends because I realized that if I made it through, I would still be the same music teacher as all of those other jokers were. And, uh, it's true, mm-hmm. you know, so it's all right. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We're all awesome. And I really appreciate you coming on and talking about who you are, Louisa, and just sharing, you know, how you've taken a talent and turned it into just a lifelong uh, endeavor to just share something that is bigger than yourself, like we had said earlier. And I hope you had fun with us on here. Oh, I did. Thank scary. you so much for having me. <laughs> Good. It's my pleasure. So as always, <laughs> You can find us at OHVA Music on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeremy P. England. That's my Twitter handle. You can go to our website, uh, which is anchor.fm forward slash OHVA music or ohvamusic.com. Do you have any social media things you want to share out, Louisa, or are you just kind of off the grid? Um, I, I would like to be a little more off the grid. So, but thank totally you for fine. asking. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Totally <laughs> Absolutely fine. Absolutely okay. So with that, uh, I guess we'll catch you all later. Thanks for joining us, Louisa and Daphne. I will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.